The Daily Logos, Episode 12, The Sermon on the Mount, Anger. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in. Today we're going to continue working through the Sermon on the Mount, the first sermon of Christ's ministry. We'll start with Scripture, and then we'll try to pull it apart to make sure we understand fully. Today we're going to look at a couple different versions of the Bible, just to cue you in on some translational issues that can affect the way you're perceiving scripture. So hopefully today it drives home the lesson that whenever you read something, really anytime we read the Bible at all, we should cross compare it with multiple translations. Matthew 5, 21 through 24 says, this is the ESV, by the way, which is usually my go-to. And then I clarify with NASB, KJV, and then I get in the original manuscripts. So Matthew 5, 21 through 24 in the ESV says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says you fool will be be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there... You remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift before the altar and go. First be reconciled with your brother and then come offer your gift. So let's sweeten up some understanding again. We're going to look at a different version now, the KJV. Matthew 5.22 says, But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Well, those... Those two translations mean two completely different things. One says you can be angry, and the other one says you can't be angry. The one that says you can be angry says you can't be angry without a just cause. So that's a kind of a very important detail because there's a lot of frustrations in the world. We are human beings. We experience emotions. So I think it's important. Like when I read that and I figured that out and I was like, well, I got to dig into this. And so the first thing I asked was, Well, which one is correct? Because if I'm not even allowed to feel any frustration or anger whatsoever, then I have to get my heart right. So I was wondering, is it anger in general that's a sin, or is it arbitrary anger without a just cause that is a sin? And to answer that question, I asked myself, well, did Jesus ever get angry? If we know that Jesus is God and Jesus cannot sin, well, then if we can find verses that demonstrates anger then we know that that's an example of anger that isn't sin. And then we'll know that the ESV was interpreted wrong in that specific verse and that the KJV was interpreted correctly. So when I dug into that, what I found was Jesus cleansed the temple, excuse me, Jesus cleansed the temple twice in his ministry. The first time was when he made a whip of cords and drove people out. You can read this yourself in the Gospel of John chapter 2, verse 15 through 16. He was also flipping tables. So this is without a doubt a demonstration of anger with physical measures used. Mark 3.5 says, And he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. Yet, excuse me, this is yet another demonstration of anger by Christ. Matthew 21.12 is another example. That was the second time Jesus cleansed the temple by means of physical measures. So to fully understand anger which most of us understand, we still have to ask it, like, what exactly is anger? Well, it's an emotion. 
So then we have to ask ourselves, well, we're human beings. We all have emotions. Are emotions a sin? Well, of course not. But they are what I would consider by the means in which the father of lies can play us like a fiddle. So I think, therefore, we must strive daily to control our emotions and apprehend them. And it's much more, it's much easier said than done, right? But it's something we have to strive for. Just like the scriptures have, to, have told us, and we covered, I think, yesterday, take captive every thought to be obedient to Jesus Christ. It would be fitting to include emotions in that because emotions can produce thoughts, and therefore we should take captive every emotion to be obedient to Christ. So, you know, when a thought pops into our head, right? Either we generated it, either the Holy Spirit generated it, or Satan generated it, right? Those are basically, or someone else. There's kind of only four sources of thoughts, and then those thoughts can affect our emotions. Also, what we perceive can affect our emotions. So really, we kind of have to have a handle on our thoughts and our emotions the best we can, and we should filter that through the idea of being obedient to Christ in Scripture. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, 26-27 says, Be angry and do not sin, but do not let the sun go down upon your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. So Paul basically summarized exactly what I said. It's okay to be angry, just don't sin. And if you do get angry, don't let the sun go down upon your anger, solve the problem of the day, and don't give an opportunity to the devil. And he's referring to is resentment, because when things that hurt our feelings or make us angry go unaddressed, we harbor we can, even though we shouldn't, and it's a sin to harbor resentment, right? Because that means we're not forgiving people, and forgiveness is to cease resentment. So, we got to be careful. we got to solve the problems of the day, and we have to forgive people. Don't give the devil any opportunity. So, it would be biblically correct to say that it is 100% normal to feel all sorts of emotions, but we are to control those emotions rather than let them control us. We should carefully meditate on all the decisions we make to ensure our emotions are not going to cause us to sin. And it's a very difficult thing to do, but again, practice makes perfect, right? we got to start somewhere. you got to start turning away from sin somewhere. So you might as well just get to work. It's going to be messy. Sin is messy. Life is messy. Growth is messy. It's all messy. Just do better. And then try to repent. And sometimes it takes repenting a couple times. you got to turn away and Satan grabs you. You know, it's, it's brutal being a Christian. Truly, when you're trying to do Christianity correctly, it's brutal because it's constant self-denial. It's constant. It's constantly putting the flesh in check for the Spirit, and we do that through our knowledge of Scripture. So, But at the same time, we have to do it because our goal is to sanctify ourselves, right, through Scripture and through convictions of the Holy Spirit so we can be righteous in the eyes of the Lord. So that requires us to continually examine ourselves and our lives. And I think what makes it so hard is that we're surrounded by a world so tilted away from God's will that we must relearn everything when we're born again. And that's precisely why it's called being born again, because you're starting brand new all over again. And it's brutal. It's like a, another part of you being born out of an existing part of you that doesn't want to change. It's terrible. It's terrible. But it's what we're called to do. Deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. The apologists, which are those people who defend the faith call the frame of perception or lens that we see the world through a worldview. So when we recognize Christ or, excuse me, Christ as Lord and Savior, we update our worldview. After that, we begin to grow from child to adult, from spiritual milk to spiritual meat, from spiritual immaturity to spiritual maturity. What comes with that is regulating our emotions and no longer getting upset 
about what the world says we should be upset about. Rather, we should be getting upset with the things that upset God, which includes the part of us that are unholy and unrighteous. So I want you to think about, I want to share with a sto- a share story with you really quick. I couldn't believe this. I was in church, and the pastor, this was a Valentine's Day sermon, one of the wives in the congregation called Pastor Mike and said, Pastor Mike, my husband doesn't love me because he didn't do what this said celebrity did for their significant other. Now, mind you, that celebrity is obviously wealthy, right? And, you know, sure, are you upset? Yes. Is that something that you should be getting upset about? No, absolutely not. Whether your husband gets you a $15 bouquet of roses with a $1 card because he loves you, or whether the husband's wealthy and he spends $3,000 on roses so heavy that you can't carry them, it doesn't matter. It's the gesture that counts. So that's not something you should really get upset about. It's kind of like judging the heart, right? It's the heart that matters when it comes to gift giving. So we shouldn't get upset about stuff, right? We should be appreciative of what people offer us and let that be sufficient because we want that reciprocated to us, right? Like if we did something nice for someone, what do we want them to do? Complain about it? That's going to hurt our feelings, right? So no, we have to reciprocate. And that's the golden rule. And we'll we'll touch on the golden rule here in a couple podcasts. So there is more guidance regarding anger from James, the brother of Christ. James chapter 1, verse 19 through 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So that's another key component, right? Paul's like, be angry, but don't sin. And then we know that Jesus can't sin, and he demonstrated anger. And then James tells us, anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So again, we're not supposed to get angry in relationship to what the world says we should be angry about. We're supposed to be angry about the things that make God angry, because we're supposed to be like Jesus, right? So we're supposed to get upset about what he gets upset about. That's the goal. Anger can, Here's the positive thing about anger, though. Anger can be very helpful in situations that require guts, grit, fortitude, courage, strength, power, And I think the most important way vessel for anger is violence. And I'll tell you why. Yes, I think Christian men should have a capacity for violence. Because if a man does not have a capacity for violence and anger, I don't think it's possible for him to properly defend himself or his loved ones. Using the capacity, but I think women should have a capacity for violence as well, not towards the ones they love, again, for outside threats. That violence should be exclusively utilized to protect those we love only. And that includes people in the world who are being hurt, right? Like if someone's trying to rob a gas station, if you're a Christian then and you've got a gun on you, then you have to handle business because in a sense, all Christians should kind of have the capacity to be a shepherd, right? Protect the flock. And if we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, whether that person hasn't come to Christ yet, if we at least all consider each other children of God, then we should protect each other, right? It's virtuous. So... I think using our capacity for anger and violence is is the best vehicle to propel someone forward to act courageously in the face of evil and danger, right? Anger and violence can move us towards something dangerous through courage, right? And I think it's worth noting that when we realize someone has something against us, we must immediately go to them and apologize if we've wronged them. Spiritual reconciliation is not only for man and God, but it's also between man and man. And so that's why Jesus gave that caveat with anger, right? So even if you're angry with your brother for a just cause, 
your brother should come to you and said, hey man, I think I made you upset, but you should also express that, right? So Jesus kind of covers all the bases. Hey man, you made me upset. Here's the reason why I'm upset. And the other person should be like, oh man, I didn't mean to make you upset, right? So let's talk about this and figure out how we cannot get upset about this in the future. It's really very simple. But again, an apology really is not, not the point. It's improvement of behavior, right? Like it's the, it's the movement forward isn't just to do it again because then the apology is useless. It's the same thing as repentance, right? If you're repenting without the intent to change the behavior, then it's not repentance at all. So same thing goes with anger. So we have to learn how to use anger as a tool, really. That's kind of when you have anger under control is when you can utilize it as a tool without sinning. Now, repressing, excuse me, repression isn't the answer. Repressing anger and other emotions only causes more psychological problems. And it's important to understand that controlling something is not repression or oppression. Control is having a grip on something rather than that something having a grip on you. So we should all have a grip on our emotions, including anger, and we should take captive our thoughts that stem from emotion to be obedient to Christ. I hope everyone has a great day. Fight the good fight. God bless.